0: Good to see you this Sunday morning. I'm a little bummed out that uh, we're not going to be gathering here at the building on 3rd Avenue, but uh, we're going to give you a little video of message today. Hopefully this will be encouraging to you. As we were starting the new year, I thought, you know what? We should really focus on Jesus to learn from Him and to learn about Him as His disciples. And so our plan uh, in the next few months is to consider the king and the kingdom. And I want to walk you through some of this today. Our key passage is going to be in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Let me read that to you real quickly. And it says this, that Jesus went out proclaiming or teaching, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction among the people. So here was Jesus. He was teaching. He was sharing information. A lot of this was with the head. He was preaching. He was proclaiming. This is heart uh, messages going out about the gospel of the kingdom. The good news about this kingdom that he was this new king. And in the process, he is healing when he goes out and around. Well, I want us to consider that today. And in the coming weeks that Jesus is teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing diseases. What uh, we started doing is we said that we're going to be reading through the New Testament this year. And as we do that, um, one of the things I want you to see in the gospel of Matthew is that Matthew is saying that Jesus is the king. And so you'll see this word. Some of you have already started reading. You'll see this word king or kingdom more than 50 times in Matthew's account. And he's trying to get across a point that Jesus is this king from heaven. He's establishing a kingdom that has always existed, but it's here in a special way, and it's a kingdom that will live on forever. And so, as we read about this today and in the coming weeks, as you read in your own Bible, you'll see that this kingdom's an upside-down kingdom. You'll see that this kingdom is not necessarily for the strong and the competent and the smart and the wealthy, but it's for the poor in spirit. It's for those that hunger and thirst after God. This kingdom is also an eternal kingdom. It's not just a four-year reign or an eight-year or 40-year reign, but it's an eternal kingdom that has always existed and will always exist. And this kingdom that Jesus talks about has a counter kingdom. There's an enemy that uh, is against him, an enemy that is working in our lives to kill and destroy. An enemy that times wins certain battles, but the good news is Jesus has won the war. But we know that there is a counter kingdom. Well, today I want to share with you a passage from chapter 8 and so Hope you have your Bibles with you. Uh, My plan is for the next couple months that we would go over a passage with you that you would be reading this next week. And so if you're reading with our reading plan, this next week you will see chapter eight. And what I'd like to do is go over some of that with you today. And we'll do that each of the following Sundays that we would go over something, and then later that week you would be reading this. So if you have your Bibles, Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 8, and I want to show you this. I want to show you that Jesus is a king who has authority. If you look at uh, chapter 7, verse 28, the last verse before chapter 8, Jesus had been teaching this message we call the Sermon on the Mount. And after he finishes this, it says that the people saw that Jesus had authority authority. He spoke with authority more than the regular teachers who are who are out there. And so Jesus certainly spoke as one who is from God, not just a smart person, not someone who is just a great speaker, but he had special authority from God. And as we get to chapter 8, I want you to see that Jesus has authority. Some of the verses 1 through uh, 11 will show that Jesus has authority to heal diseases. He has authority over the physical realm in our lives. Certainly, he has authority to call followers. He says, come follow me. And people just drop what they're doing and they follow him. Jesus has authority over nature. This is a different kind of king. You'll see in chapter 8 that he speaks to a storm, and he says, stop, and the storm stops. This is a different king. And then at the end of chapter 8, you'll see that he has authority over spiritual forces as well. He has the authority to speak into individuals who are possessed by demons, and the demons are forced to leave. Well, this new king, and in his kingdom, he has authority. What I'd like to do today is walk through some of this, starting at verse 5. Let me read this to you and share some of this. And it says this in verse 5, that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying, paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. Now, one of the advantages we have of just reading one chapter a day is that you could read a small enough portion that you could take some time and write down your questions, investigate this. We're going to be offering Sunday morning classes where you can share this with people. But take time to grab out a study Bible or Google some of this. What's Capernaum? It's really the uh, stomping grounds for Jesus near the Sea of Galilee where he centered his mission. You could look up things like, well, what's a centurion? And this was a Roman soldier uh, who had authority over a hundred other soldiers. And these are important in this story because a Roman centurion comes to Jesus, one who has authority over a hundred men. Really, this is an enemy to the Jewish people. These are the ones that are oppressing the Jews. And this Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, Lord, He's saying, Jesus, I, I see something in you that I think you are a king. I, I, I appeal to Herod and to Caesar, but I think, Jesus, you're a master. And I have an issue, and I think you would have the answer to this. So I'm looking at this story. I think it's pretty fascinating that... Uh, Sometimes God will allow difficulties in our life to call us to cry out to Jesus, doesn't he? If everything were good in our lives, if God allowed everything to be great in our life, we would never cry out to Jesus. If this Roman centurion's life was just perfect, he would never go to Jesus, never declare him as the Lord, a king. But this centurion has an issue. One of his team is paralyzed. One of his team is suffering terribly and so he goes to Jesus and and so I guess I just want to encourage you this year as you struggle as you have problems as well know that God allows some of these so that you would cry out to Jesus so the Centurion says this he says Lord my servant is lying paralyzed at home suffering terribly and notice what Jesus says in verse 7 he says this Jesus said to the Centurion I will come." and heal him. Jesus responds to this man and says, "Okay, I'll drop everything and go. And I think this is important, that Jesus isn't just in a castle. He's not just on a throne looking down and saying, you helpless people. Jesus goes and helps him. And Jesus, I want you to know this, is a humble servant. Though he's the king of all creation, he's always existed as king. He says, I'm coming now and my kingdom is near. And he knows that this is a kingdom that is going to last for all eternity. Jesus is a humble servant to us and he comes near to us. And he comes near to this man and says, okay, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, notice this, that the centurion replied, Lord, he says it again, you're the master, you're the king, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. Lord, I know that you have the authority that you could just say something, and it will be done. The centurion says, This I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, Go, and he goes. I say to one, Come, and he comes. I say, Do this, and they do that. The centurion says, I know how this works. I have authority. In my word, when I say things, it happens. Jesus, I believe that you have authority too, that if you would just say something, it's going to happen. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. The faith of this centurion blows Jesus away. It impresses Jesus. The people who should have known that Jesus is the Messiah, that he had come from God, they don't get it. But this Roman centurion knows something about Jesus and says, Jesus has power in his word. He has authority from heaven. He is a special king, even greater than Caesar. Now, certainly we know this about Jesus, that he could speak and say, let there be light and boom. There was light. But the people who were around Jesus that day, the Israelites, they did not get this. It was the Roman centurion who gets this. Now as I'm looking at this, I I know that some of you are at the start of the new year saying, you know what, I want to impress Jesus. I'd like to caused Jesus to marvel at my own life this next year. And so some of you are saying, I'm going to read the New Testament for the first time, or I'm going to make it through the New Testament this year. And if you're making a plan to read, I would say, great. Some of you are making a plan, you know what, I'm going to serve in the church this year. I'm going to serve in the community, and I'd say, very good idea. Some of you are going to say things like, you know what, I'm going to start praying more, and I'm going to start attending church more, and I'd say, that's good as well. Some of you are saying things like, I want to know and, and bless my neighbors. And I'd say, fantastic. Some of you wrestling with your own heart. And you know, you have some sin issues. You're thinking, you know what, I need some help. I need some counsel. I, I need some ins- uh, assurance of my faith. I need to confess my sins. I'd say, fantastic. Go for it. But if you truly want to impress Jesus, it's not by doing any of these things But it's following the example of this Roman centurion and trusting Jesus. It's trusting Jesus, saying, Jesus, I will read your word, but I believe that as I spend time with your word, you are going to grow me. You see, that kind of faith impresses Jesus. Whether it's serving, you say, I'm going to serve the Lord, great. But you serve the Lord in faith that God is going to work mightily in you and through you. You might be saying, I'm going to pray this year. Pray in faith that God hears you and that God will work through your prayers. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to get to know and bless my neighbors. Do this in faith that God is using you. If it's growing and saying, you know what, I want to, by the grace of God, conquer a sin. Do this in faith knowing that Jesus can heal you. It's not your willpower that's going to brings success, but it's going to be the power of Jesus. And this kind of faith is what honors the Lord. Here's a passage to write down, to look up, and to memorize. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I think it's interesting that it took this Roman centurion, this enemy of the Jews to have faith in Jesus and to give an example to us. You want to honor Jesus this year? I'm glad that you want to read and serve and do these things. But the key is that we would have faith that Jesus is the king. The key is that we would have faith that Jesus does the impossible. The key is that Jesus is the one we trust. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. I think this is the key to victory in the Christian life, is that we trust Jesus. And God's going to allow difficulties in your life to say, Would you trust me again? It's not just reading more. It's not just praying more. It's not just serving more. But it's trusting Jesus in all of these things. And it's this faith that Jesus marvels at. Go to verse 11, if you would, as we finish this passage up. And Jesus says this, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Again, here's this idea of the kingdom. They're going to be those that come from Rome and Albany, Oregon, and from all over the world, and they will be at this kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they will do this because of their faith. Verse 12, while the sons of the kingdom, and he's speaking about the Israelites, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then to the centurion, Jesus said, go. Go ahead. Let it be done for you as you have believed. Your faith was remarkable, is what Jesus is saying to him. The Israelites at the day, they were missing Jesus. They were not placing their faith in him. So he says, go as you've done, as you've believed, and catch this, and the servant was healed at that very moment. When Jesus said, go, he healed him. As I look at this story, and as I look at our year this next year, I think the key to this is faith. Here's the King Jesus. He has authority. He has authority to speak into your life and and to rule over nature and spiritual forces and your sicknesses in every aspect of our lives. And the question is, will you trust Him? Will you and I have faith that Jesus will grow us as we spend time with His Word? Will you have faith that Jesus is going to work miraculously in you and through you for His glory? It's not dependent on us. Even making of this video today, it's like, okay, have we done everything right? And the reality is we ultimately have to trust Jesus. The Roman centurion did this and went home and found out, Wow, my servant has been healed. This is phenomenal. Jesus, yes, he is the king. He has power. And the key was faith. And so as I look at this, I want to encourage you and encourage my own heart that this year as we read, as we serve the Lord, as we follow him, the key is that we would have faith in Jesus. Some trust in Chariots, some in horses, is what the psalmist says. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We have faith in this King and in His kingdom. So this week, as you read chapter eight, you're going to read more of these stories. But know this: that it is in faith, that it is through faith in Jesus Christ, where the victory happens. And so I, I'm looking forward to us reading and growing trusting in Jesus in all things, that he will work in us and through us for his glory. So this morning, I I hope this was a quick uh, blessing for you as we got to go into God's word. Hope that you have a great day. Stay warm if you can. Enjoy the beauty of creation. Worship God by talking to him, trusting in him, resting in him today. And we believe, we have faith that God is working all things together for good. So God bless you. Look forward to seeing you this next Sunday. God bless you all.